right, we're back with more Baldi's deliberations. Again, if you're watching this, um, this is not required watching. This is just Jim and I being transparent about how we do the awards process. Uh, if you're looking for the actual Baldies, you want to look at uh, the Baldies award ceremony. Mm-hmm. That's uh, where we we. This is just as us showing our work for why we awarded things uh, on the the, the Baldy side. Okay. Um, we have a few smaller categories to clean up today, so let's get right to it. Uh, biggest surprise in no particular order. We have Andor, Severance, Star Trek, Strange New Worlds, Peacemaker, The Bear, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Hot D, Top Gun Maverick, Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, and Prey. Okay. Um, let's go first. Uh, Andor or Severance, which is the biggest surprise? Ooh, this is already getting tough. This is, yeah. Uh, we already got we got a we got a real barn burner to start with. Here. We got one with a big history, which is Star Wars, and Star Wars has sucked lately. So it was the big surprise here is Andor is great. Uh, we didn't think it was possible from a Star Wars property. Yeah, not just good or like not a waste of time, but genuinely great uh-huh. and like like some high high points. Oh yeah. Oh, and very few lows. I mean, if you want to say yeah, I I agree with you. Like the it started young, slow is the worst. Young Andor yeah. stuff is not the most amazing uh, thing I saw this year, but the rest of it kind of was. So, uh, and then Severance is just completely out of nowhere, right? Um, yeah. I, I guess the surprise there is also that a puzzle box show could do it this well, this late into the puzzle box uh, phase of television. We'll see what, we'll see how it survives being picked apart week by week with seven days to think about it in between For sure. and feedback. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, when Jim and I are just watching a puzzle box and talking about it every uh, once every couple weeks, boy, it really knocks us on our ass. It's good stuff. If we're just doing to the top here, I mean, severance to the top, right? Um, more surprising and yeah i guess well, i guess the fact j- that star that this brain trust is able to not make a stupid star wars is kind of surprising but severance like you said came out of nowhere I, I, well i'm not just finding like over and or i'm just saying to the top or not and it, it, oh, it belongs at the top okay. of this list for sure uh okay yeah so we're doing to the top to the bottom to the middle um this is a short list um star trek strange new worlds uh this is another like Andor where we thought Star Trek had lost its way. It it's not perfect. It's not as good as Andor. Um, See, and that's the thing. I wouldn't, but but I wouldn't have bet against Andor. I wouldn't have gone to Vegas and been like Andor is absolutely going to suck. Uh, put money down. I would have on Strange <laughs> New Worlds if there yeah, was a yeah. Vegas line on this thing sucking. I would have looked at the creative crew. I would have looked at my experience with Disco. Fair. And Picard and I'd have been like, no fucking shot. This is going to suck. All right. Might be a bigger surprise, but definitely to the top with this one. To the top. I think we're just going to invert our fucking (laughs) list here. Uh, Peacemaker. Yeah, maybe to the top is not the best way to do this short list. To the top. Uh, Yeah, we're just trying to do the top. The bear to the top. uh, Everything everywhere all at once to the top. Uh, Hot D to the top. (laughs) Uh, can we get a float on Maverick or do we need to take it to the top we can float Maverick let's float Maverick unbearable weight of massive talent I want to float that too uh, Prey 
to to the middle to 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 above the floats. Uh, I take it to the top because okay. that's the thing. Is like I honestly am shocked that you could come up with a good predator in tw- year twenty twenty two of our Lord. Okay, so we're we're now back at the top. There's only ten in this list. It's going to be pretty easy to iterate yep. through. Prey. Let's talk about it. why is it why is why is it surprising? Have you seen the Predator movies they've been making lately? They're garbage. Honestly, since since uh-huh. Predator, <laughs> yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger, they've all been kind of bad. Uh-huh. Like I've enjoyed some of them for what they are. Uh, some of the Aliens versus Predator stuff has been okay. Predator Two, but it's been mostly it's forgettable. Mostly, including Predator Two. Like some people want to be like, well, but no, Predator Two sucks mm-hmm. too. Um, it just in comparison, it's it's the best of the 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 sequels. This was genuinely great, and I think it unlocks a potential for almost unlimited content. Sure, like, time traveling predator. Think of a his- think of an interesting historical backdrop in the last couple thousand years, because that's how long predators have been visiting Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, some civil war, some skirmish between uh, you know a, a tribe and a colonizer, uh, a world war, what have you, and just put a predator in there. Put it a predator in the middle of his hunt. Are we sure in the Battle case, of Thermopylae wasn't actually 300 predators versus there you go. the Persian army? There you go. That would that <laughs> I believe that that they would resist the might of the the Persian Empire. Uh-huh. Uh, this is uh, some Native Americans who are you know obviously skirmishing and being encroached upon by already alien invaders. Uh, add one more to mm-hmm. the mix. It's got Amber Midthunder, who we really enjoyed as the ass-kicking um, twin off of uh, uh, ass-kicking Carrie twin on Legion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she was extremely good at um, being a plausible badass without having to be like your stereo. I mean, you can't compete with Arnold, sure. right? So you have to find other ways to be badass. Um, I thought. Yeah, I mean, it just took a lot of really clever tech, uh, the, the twist on the Predator lore and, you know, how you defeat its um, uh, heat vision. And I thought her brother actually was a really conventional badass mm-hmm. and had some sick stunts. It was violent and gory. Mm-hmm. The Predator beat a bear. Had like, a surprising that's... emotional resonance for a Predator movie. Uh, yeah, I like just about everything about it. It was super fun. It was super fun. Um, I don't think it's going to fare well against the rest because mm-hmm. it's just, um, you know, it's a, it, the only surprise is that they can make a good. Uh, I don't think this made a huge splash. It didn't no. change, you know, the state of television or the Bald Move Network and how we cover things. But it's a lot of mm-hmm. fun. House of the Dragon. Oh, boy. More or less surprising than Prey. More. Why is House of the Dragon surprising? Uh, it's surprising for a few reasons. A, the source material, from what I hear, is rather dry. Um, it's rather clinical in its description of events. And so, like, to flesh it out is a big ask um, in a way that's going to please fans. I think, it, you know, Ryan Condal is not without experience. Um, and he's got a good team around him, but it was kind of a, a risk to put him in charge of this thing um, after the biggest surprise uh, of all, which is Game of Thrones flopped so hard at the end. Um, and this did not. This came back and not only 
It's not at the end yet, but still, yeah. No, no, I mean the the original series. Like to to take oh, somebody yes. without any real history of pleasing huge audiences and to put them on this uh-huh. franchise that has already disappointed a huge audience is to say yeah. we have a lot of faith in you. Uh, go out there and, and do something amazing. Um, and then, you know, Game of Thrones, like its history is not great at the end. Uh, fans, I think, were not primed for this series, uh, not looking forward to it because of how poorly Game of Thrones ended. And the big surprise here is, oh, not only did it turn out to be an excellent show, but it kind of just wiped all that that bad blood off the board. Is just like, yep, uh, Game of Thrones is back, and it's just as good as it ever was. Um, yeah. So get on board, I guess. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like I think HBO was helped out because I think their natural inclination was run Game of Thrones back as soon as possible. Like they had greenlit and even gotten into pretty far into a pilot development cycle with that Naomi Watts long night, mm-hmm. ten thousand years before game, like you know, the Children of the Forest, of all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and I think if they had done that, it if they'd have run that back real fast, that taste would still be in people's mouth. But like mm-hmm. I had noticed in the year uh leading up to House of the Dragon that the memes, people were starting to do the Bobby B memes and people were starting mm. to do the Ned in the winter. Like people were starting to like the cultural memory of enjoying Game of Thrones and was starting to be rekindled in the cultural memory of how badly they disappointed us. Um mm-hmm. But I even saying that it was truly I was truly shocked at like even because I, I felt that way when I got to see the pilot uh, in the early screening, I walked out of there being like, oh, my God, it, it, am I going to sound like a shill <laughs> on an all because that's what I, I, I was on an all expenses paid or no, I'm no, sorry. No, 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 expenses no. Paid. <laughs> I spent like two thousand dollars of my uh-huh. own fucking money or I guess bald mood fucking money to go and attend to this place. Um and like, am I, was I uh, swayed by the glitz and the glamour and the showrunners presenting and all the celebrities? And the, it was like, was I, w- w- was I caught up in the moment? But like after that first episode and everybody's like, fuck, this is good. This is actually really good. And it only really had one stumble, that one dark episode. Oh yeah. yeah. And I don't beach. mean like, uh-huh. like Netflix's dark. <laughs> right. uh, I mean like, terrible day for night shooting muddy mm-hmm. uh just just look even if you had a good dialed in tv it was pretty murky that was really the only misstep there was one misstep in the penultimate episode that mm-hmm. turned out to not be a misstep <laughs> when they told the whole story sure. so and like you said the material not just dry but like contradictory like this is this mm. maester that's coming uh 200 years after the fact and trying like the whole conceit is uh, a maester who is trying to come up with a good birthday present for Joffrey ascending uh, to the throne uh, is trying to come up with a, a definitive history of the Targaryens to present to him. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe it's Tommen. I can't remember one of these. So it's like it's he's, it's a maester writing about shit 200 years after everyone has died. And there's a lot of like, well, uh, Maester so-and-so says this, but Septa so-and-so said this, and the Fool Mushroom says this, and then others maintain. And I was like, you know, not only is it dry and kind of gossipy um, for a history tome, but there's all of these counter... And, and there's all these countering narratives and the reasons that people are doing 
the things that they're doing are very opaque. Mm. Um, but man, Connell and his team found the way to navigate through those contradictory histories and nail like um, a, a definitive version and flesh out the motivations for why people are doing it. And it came from like something that I thought was dull in the book to something that was utterly riveting on the screen. Yeah, and I will say uh, there are a lot of reasons why this is surprising. I don't think this is the most surprising thing on this list for me, though. It might have more yeah. reasons than any other thing to be surprising, but the the surprise factor really hits me on a couple of these others. But I would say it's more than prey. Yeah. All right, let's uh, one put Haas the Dragon up over Prey. Uh, boys is going to make a lot of noise this next one. Exactly. Everything, everywhere, all at once. <laughs> e E A A O. Um. So my prior is going to this as I like Michelle Yeoh. Mm-hmm. I like weird things like The Matrix, and I kind of like the Daniel Brothers. The only thing I'd ever seen them do before was Swiss Army mm-hmm. Man, but that was a hilarious movie and a movie that managed to be profound by the time it was over. Yeah, against all odds. <laughs> I'm talking about a movie about where a, a guy rides Harry Potter, a dead Harry Potter corpse, like a jet ski, using the power of his farts. Uh-huh. The corpses decomposing, outgassing. yeah, decomposing body parts. He, he's riding Harry Potter like a jet ski. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> so I was excited, but I also had no idea what to make of this. The trailers are like in in the best way, like in the yeah. Matrix. You have no fucking clue what you're getting into, right? And it surprised me in about every way possible uh, with its content. Um, there, there are hot dog finger scenes that become. You know, jet ski like in their poignancy by the end of this the the movie. Uh Rakakuni. Rakakuni, sure. Which is this like this like extended joke about Michelle Yeoh getting confused between Ratatouille and their and raccoons and that manages to be super mm-hmm. like everything this movie does for a joke turns out to be kind of a tearjerker by the end of the, the movie. The the googly eye scenes. I mean there's Oh. just so many things that should not work in a film blended together here and they come out to this perfect balance of ridiculous yeah. and silly and heartfelt and beautiful and I just loved it and it never does the conventional thing like I kept on thinking that like you know the way this movie is going to end is like the you know bigoted old grandfather is going to you know come up with the pretty you know mm-hmm. they're never mm-hmm. all the problems are going to be solved but they not it's it's not that kind of but it's also extremely meaningful yep uh, and realistic in in the resolution yes. of the things um and uh it really makes you think about your life and your relationship with your parents and where you're at and where you could be and uh and every time i see uh, a movie like this go pretty hard. It usually disappoints me in where it's not willing to go. Um, there's a fight scene in this movie that is so outstandingly over the top uh, and disgust, like not, not disgusting, but like over the top and ridiculous. Uh, and and people, if I say you know a trophy. People know what I'm talking about here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I never expected yeah. it to go as far as it went with that premise. And it, it delighted me when it did. 
We'll be right back with more Bald Move after this brief pause. And now, back with more Bald Move. It went, it yeah. went farther. And in, in, like, in most of these movies, I'm thinking I would have gone the next step, but they are too cowardly to do it. I couldn't even conceive right. of the next step on this one, but it went yeah. there anyway. <laughs> And stuff you like, it's stuff you like, it's like they, they, they also do it with every card face up. Like uh-huh. when you see this trophy, you're like, well, that looks like this. What the fuck? Yep. And then an hour later, you're like, oh my God, that's what this is. That's why they introduced this whole mm-hmm. thing. Um, and again, like I, you know, I, I think we said that this was like, um, two millennials writing a movie about their boomer parents accepting them for who they are kind of is like one of the things it could be plausibly sure. about. And I think it works powerfully that yeah. way. The like, you know, clearly a lot of meaning like for, you know, like screw acceptance, just listen to what we're saying. And yeah, uh, especially for immigrants, like the, this is focused around an immigrant family. Um, and I right, think it probably right. hits extra it's hard for them, but there's something there for everyone who feels misunderstood. Yeah. I, I think if you have ever had a generational conflict with your parents, uh-huh. um, you will definitely be equipped to 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 get this movie and uh yeah i guess it's got to be a big surprise because i i didn't i you know i expected this to be entertaining in kind of like a jokey martial arts matrix kind of way sure i did not expect it to resonate as hard as it did there's a scene in this movie with rocks <laughs> that is some of the most the the with stationary rocks it's some of the most moving things i've ever seen mm-hmm crazy yeah for me it's number uh, one so far number one so far all right even all right. more than hot d uh, yeah. man, a lot of surprising things this year because the next on the list is the bear which i wasn't like i kept on i kept on hearing like the bear the bear the bear mm-hmm. and i'm like that's gotta be a horror movie right and then it's like no it's about a restaurant like, what the fuck it's about a it's like about an italian beef joint in chicago <laughs> and, and i saw oh, the well, trailer and it's like half of this trailer is like like a travel log like anthony yeah. bourdain going around showing you beautiful shots of food that he's about to eat like yeah what is this fucking thing <laughs> yeah and uh it's the bear and i i remember like okay oh it's on like it's on hulu right mm-hmm. and the uh, first episode's 30 minutes okay fuck it why not and it was most most stressful tense 30 minutes of my life yeah and i was like that is it felt like it, it it's like it felt like an like a like a mushroom trip where like time expanded if like i got out of there and it's like that's this was only 30 minutes the longest 30 minutes of my life but in a good way sure you know sure. and it only gets more um, stressful from there that's not even the most stressful episode right there's one that's just yeah. over the top yeah 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 like it's it's it yeah buckle up when you say there's a stressful episode and the most stressful show i've seen mm-hmm. in this year um and it's just i guess i'm shocked at how much i cared about this material because this is this is the stakes are ultimately extremely low sure it's like whether this family is going to be able to keep their italian beef joint and you know mm-hmm. Uh, whether this guy is going to be able to, you know, convince his crew, you know, because he's he's working for an Italian beef, not I don't think a culinary three Michelin star type experience, but he's trying to bring those three Michelin stars to the experience. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, are these people in this mom and pop thing going to go along with this? There's a little mystery about his brother and why he left him in this shitty position. Um, and ba- when I say everything pays off beautifully at the end of the season, I like this doesn't need a second season, but I will gratefully accept oh, yeah. one. Like it's a completely self-contained, fully realized story at the end mm-hmm. of it. Like it needs nothing else. But I'm glad we're getting more. Me too. Uh, how what do we do? How surprising is it to you? God, is it more surprising than everything everywhere all at once? Because I'd seen trailers for everything everywhere all at once, but the bear was a couple episodes in before I finally like Jesus Christ. I guess I'll I guess I'll just check it out, you know? Because I. A lot of times I'll watch stuff and express a tend to like dismiss it from consideration. Yes, I can tell people I saw the thing and I didn't like the thing and I don't have to worry about the thing anymore. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's kind of like the attitude I took into this project and it completely won me over in the first episode. Man, for me, this is sitting at like number three, just under Hot D, but it's really... Is less it's less surprising than Hot D, really? Yeah, because of Hot D's history, I guess. Um and everything everywhere all at once manages to overcome that by being just outrageous. Uh just surprising at every turn. The bear. The thing is, is like the Hot D had a cast that like I had seen them and things, and like Ryan Connell's an unknown, but like he was working on a an outline that, you know, I could definitely squint and see something exciting. And true, true. You knew HBO was going to spend $20 million an episode. Uh, if I had seen any, if I recognize anybody from the bear, and I think there was, yeah, the guy's uncle is um, somebody I've seen before. And that, uh, what is it, Bacharach or Ben, Ben, hmm. the, 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 the best friend of the brother. Um, Girls? Hold on a second. Let me scroll down. Let me scroll down to the Is actor that? category because I know Richie. Uh, yeah, it's Richie. Uh-huh. This Eben Moss Bacharach. Yeah, yeah. He's the only guy I recognized uh, in the main cast, and I, it was a negative association because I've only seen him play losers and dickholes <laughs> and things like HBO's <laughs> Girls. Yeah. So everybody else was entirely unknown. I'd never seen before. But it's that show. It's kind of like, I guess, the first time I saw Mad Men, which I'd, I'd never seen any of these people. Mm-hmm. But like one episode, it's like I had a handle on them all. Um, it's one of those. It's one of those type of shows. Okay. So, so it's like, higher than is it more surprising? Because I didn't like there was like almost zero pedigree. Versus. Yeah, you, know, maybe. you kind of expect if if if, if HBO is trotting something out that it, it's going to be at least good. It's going to be decent. Sure, and the spins that they're doing, yeah, um, I could see it. I would put I would put the bear over Hot D. Maybe not everything everywhere at all at once because that's just like a, on a whole other level. Oh yeah, every turn is surprising. It's it's unconventional storytelling, even right like. All right. Okay. Let's see how yeah. we feel about everything all at once. The bear hot D. Um, let's go on the peacemaker. Oh boy. <sighs> this is a DC property. Middle of January. DC property. James Gunn. Sure. Sure. And John Cena, who I like, but I thought the peacemaker was a shit character mm-hmm. that I, that was dead. From the movie. Suicide squad. Yep. From the movie that I'm like, how the hell do you do 10 hours on this guy? 
Yeah. And I, this is AKA the last time I'll ever doubt James Gunn. <laughs> uh, even though I'm not, I'm deeply not sold on some of the things he's doing in the DC universe. Uh-huh. I, I have no standing to question him because everything he fucking touches DC or Marvel turns to yep. gold. The last time this guy's done something shitty was in for trauma. And I don't even know if that's cause I've just not, I'm not familiar with his work. Hmm. Uh, like the second he got like a studio budget, he has just done, been, been making hits. Yeah. So I guess how, how surprising is it if he got a guy who's done some of the highest profile movies in Hollywood? And again, this is just surprise. This is not a referendum on its right. overall quality. It's the level of surprise generated. That's a, that's a knock against it in the surprise category for me, as James Gunn was behind it. Um, this is true, but he—it's a TV show. He'd never like you know. There's a lot of and and you know, mm-hmm. like I said, this this from the cold open to the credit sequence, my jaw was dropped. I was in awe of the campaign that this man had launched against my eyes and ears. Uh-huh. Um, I think it's definitely more than house of the dragon, but probably less than the bear. Although I could be argued a bit, be more surprising than the bear. Oof. Cause I really didn't expect, I was expecting again, this is another one I want to watch. I was going to watch an episode because I wanted to be able to say on lunch, yes, I had seen the new super, I'd seen the latest cape shit, and I, it's it's dumb. Of course it is. I, but instead, I got you to watch it, and the rest is history. Uh-huh. Yeah, I really like it. Um, I, I would consider it over the bear if it weren't for the fact that Suicide Squad came out, uh, and I saw that he could take a DC property and do something fun and cool with it, because um, I really enjoy that movie, too. It, yeah, it, it's really down to the James Gunn of it all. If he wasn't involved, if it was somebody unknown, I think it'd be more surprising because it's a DC property, which has a shit. All right, I think you sold uh, yeah, me. Yeah, so I think you sold me. It's it's just under bear, the bear. Yeah, the bear is like totally unknown. That that to me puts it above it. Oh, man, here's another tough tough one. Star Trek: Strange oh, New yeah. World. Why is this surprising, Jim? Well, have you seen Star Trek lately, Aaron? Uh, it's been about seen a lot 30 years, I think, since Star Trek has actually been great. I would say the run of Star Trek that I like ended with Deep Space Nine. And and you've had fan projects like Star Trek Continues that have had more success in my eyes than anything official that's been done. Sure. So to have... Well, okay. There's the exception of Star Trek Lower Decks, which I like, but it's animated. So I kind of put it in a different category. Star Trek Strange New Worlds is kind of a return to form, a return of what I think of as Star Trek. Um, that sense of unity in in the Federation, or at least in this crew, uh, that sense of maturity, both morally and emotionally. Um, yeah, it brought the utopia feeling, the utopia vibe back to Star Trek, and I thought that was lost. And and you were talking about the and pedigree for, of, or not the pedigree of just yes. the show, but the pedigree of the people making it. Talk about that. Yes. Yeah, like this is. Uh, I'm gonna have to look it up because I it's, it's like, Akiva uh, Gold's what, Kurtzman, Akiva Gold. Gold something. Yeah, there's um, uh, a strange new worlds. Um. 
Yeah, so this is uh, Akiva Goldsman, Alex Kurtzman, and Ginny Lumet, or maybe it's Lummet. <laughs> These three have been responsible for the atrocities of Star Trek Disco, Star Trek Picard, mm-hmm. just fundamentally wrong-headed interpretations of Star Trek. And for them to come up with an episode of the week, return to Chuck Wagon to the stars type of Gene Roddenberry, I'm like, there's no, they, there's, there's no way they have a handle on this. There's no fucking mm-hmm. way. Um, and I'll be damned. It did feel like Star Trek more than anything. Like you said, anything. Honestly, it felt more like Star Trek than Deep Space Nine did because Deep totally, Space Nine yeah. was a different kind of Star Trek. It was on a star base. It was the the majority of it was based in a like a long kind of depressing war plot line, mm-hmm. uh, which made it. You know, it, the Star Trek Deep Space Nine w- achieved greatness that maybe no other Star Trek had before for those reasons, but it didn't feel like Star Trek. Necessarily. Uh, there was a lot of religious this, uh, undertones in Deep Space Nine that sure. didn't exist in a lot of other Star Trek. And that, that weren't didn't like, most religious undertones that happened in other Star Treks turned out to be Scooby Doo type of things. Sure, like, oh, sure. it's the man in the rubber mask, or oh, it's the woman with a tractor beam and transporters mm-hmm. and stuff. It's this was like, nah, there's actually something spiritual about the wormhole and the aliens that inhabit it and the relationship they have with Bajor. Or if they, they are aliens, aliens but they're it's... at least worshipped as uh, higher level beings. So, yeah. And yeah, yeah. And accept that as higher level mm-hmm. beings. Um, so, yeah, I it I again, I cannot I, I still am kind of amazed at how <laughs> well everything it has a great cast. Mm-hmm. It also has stakes like um, they kill major characters. Um, that's something I'm wondering how they're going to like how they're going to continue doing you know like I Mm. I think I joked in another like is this going to be like Harry Potter where the the chief engineer is like the defense against a dark arts instructor where you just get a new one every season Mm -hmm. or like or is but because like part about this being a I think this is like is the Enterprise like a training vessel in this it seems like it's got a disproportionate amount of raw recruits and cadets and Mm -hmm. um Maybe they can that that can be part of it going forward. But I, like I said, I I I guess this was to me like you were to Andor, where you had taken a flight because like I was not going to watch this at all. Mm-hmm. Like no fucking way I'm going to watch this show. And you're like, oh, it's Star Trek. You took a flyer on it, and I kept on hearing that like, oh, actually, you're really liking it. And I think you got in like three or four episodes. I'm like, Jesus, I guess I'm going to have to try this out for myself. And uh, yeah. I voluntarily watched the entire thing all by my uh, yeah just we weren't even doing like OTCs like I think we did one OTC for it so yeah yeah. no it's great Uh, this year has been awesome for Star Trek and Star Wars both rekindled my love for both of them Um, I would put this above hot D more surprising than hot because it's got a longer track record of sucking <laughs> is the thing yeah especially since like if 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 it, we're acting like game of thrones has a long history of shitting the bed it has right. out of eight seasons it has four three that are flawless uh-huh. four that are amazing five to up to six that are rip-roaring good yarns mm-hmm. and then the wheels completely come off in in season eight, but the the wheels were starting. The lug nuts right. came off in seven, and the wheels fell off on eight. Um, and it was a member because like the the it's rare that something as universally beloved and watched craters this mm-hmm. hard in this era of television. But like if the end of Game of Thrones was even good, right? 
no one would be surprised that House of the Dragon came out as his immense rating. Right. This, this, this out of the gate, you know, like if it was just okay, like <laughs> but, it had to be uniquely terrible for yeah. people to turn this hard against. But you them. have generations of people who are disenfranchised by Star Trek. Generations. Sure. Uh, going back to Voyager is kind of where Star Trek lost me. It's been, like I said, yeah. 30 years that Star Trek has been disappointing. So, I mean, it's movies. I always it's, give Star God, Trek a season or two. Because of Deep Space Nine, because of TNG, I always give Star Trek a season or two to like get started. Mm-hmm. And I think Voyager definitely is the first Star Trek that never made it past that test. And I don't think I got through that test for Enterprise before. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I made it through most of the first season. I'm like, nah, this sucks too. Mm-hmm. And then Disco, like, I only need to see a couple episodes. Like, I remember we were like, and this is another hallmark of uh, of um, uh, Goldsman and Kurtzman is like. The first two episodes tend to be bangers, uh-huh. tend to be really good, and then they just can't tell. They can't. They can't tell. A, they're like Ryan Murphy. They can't tell a coherent plot over ten episodes. Yes, yeah. uh, and I think that's one of the strengths of this is they didn't have to. Mm-hmm. This is returned to the episodic, going to a different planet with a different alien culture. Um, some of them horrific. All of them having something to say about today's society. Yeah, I mean, yeah. This was this was great Star Trek. Yeah, I honestly kind of This actually might this... be the most... Su- Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, this might be the most successful first season of Star Trek I've ever seen. Huh. Yeah, that's that's definitely arguable. Uh, even the shows that I, mean, I love. What else, what else is in the ring? Deep Space the, Nine's the, the, the first season. The original series and Deep Space Nine. It's still pretty good, yeah. Like, they have a misstep. Look, they have... They fall off a, off a fucking pier in episode 10 uh but they they splash around for a minute and get back out and they have a pretty good season um yeah yeah it really kicks up in season two but season one is not bad anyway i want to say this is more surprising to me than peacemaker it's my nestling in number three for me god so you're saying it's hard not to even put it higher but Nestle between Peacemaker and Hot D? No, up, up. Nestle between the Bear and Peacemaker. More surprising than Peacemaker. That's kind of my level, but I can't argue against it too bad. Um, yeah, let's leave it there for now. See how it feels. Yeah, because like I, I, I can't say how much I plan on hating this show. Right. Like, yeah, I had open antipathy to it. Um. The only, I get, in fact, I'm trying to, I'm trying real hard again, just surprise, mm-hmm. just not on overall quality, just surprise. I'm trying to think of why the bear is better, more, more surprising. surprising. Yeah, no, I'm with you because I'm, I didn't I'm, have any priors with that. I had negative priors to Star mm-hmm. Trek. Yeah, well, let's put it at number two and see how it feels when we get through this. Okay, because there's going to be some other wrecking balls coming through, like Severance. <laughs> God damn it! Again, like I don't know. If, I don't know if that's a. I guess we need to. Is it useful to be like if you're negative? I think it yes. is. If you're negative priors, like if someone off the street comes up and says, uh, you know, hey, let me buy you coffee or fuck you. It's like whatever. Someone random off the street did that. If your f- best friend says, let me buy you coffee or fuck you, that's an entirely different level. Mm-hmm. Your worst enemy comes up and <laughs> says, let me buy you coffee slash fuck you. That's a like. 
I feel like the amount of surprise of your best friend coming up and just randomly saying fuck you is higher than either <laughs> yeah. a stranger or your enemy, right? Uh, totally. So like negative priors and positive priors have to count. I agree. And I don't have any of that with severance. Same. I had only positive priors of I like this is an interesting like you just look on paper, Adam Scott, um John Turturro. Christopher Walken, John Turturro, uh these are immediately interesting like these are this is a big this is a big interesting cast mm-hmm. um there's a lot of reasons to think it might then, be good right a lot of reasons to think it might be good um and it's got like a really i don't know a satisfying subtle sci-fi workplace just like our recognizable yeah. our world world with one thing different about it and that just really plays um i don't know how it can get over certainly star trek because it doesn't oh, have the yeah, negative no. priors i i, I don't hmm, man everything i want to say about severance that's surprising is maybe just discussing quality uh yep I'm finding that it's, it's a relentlessly surprising. I guess show it's a puzzle itself. box. Yeah, it's a puzzle box that manages to avoid all the pitfalls I've seen in other puzzle boxes. Mm-hmm. Here, um, here's the thing: Apple where... TV. Apple TV doesn't have a track record yet, right? Uh, with producing very high quality shows like this, especially. It's more like it's building comedies, more like heartfelt things, more like dramas. This is something new to Apple TV. It's puzzle box show. So it was a little surprising that they were doing this type of show at all. Um, and that it was so good. Cause I, I kind of had the feeling going into this. I'm, I'm sort of over puzzle box stuff talking about it, mm-hmm. especially, but like watching shows like this anyway and severance yeah. just, blew we might my be mind. right back to it once we do weekly coverage. But, maybe, maybe. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it just won me back. It's like, yeah, these. I I remember why I like these so much. It's just like when they work, they're just. I don't think there's anything more fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um. However, I just I it can't get over Star Trek. No, no, no. Um, I'm having a hard time justifying it. Maybe over the bear. Maybe I, over. Yeah, Peacemaker. I'm having a hard time putting it above Hot D. Certainly over Hot. Really? You think so? More than more surprising. Yeah, than Hot D? D has a lot of Hot D is such a confounding of positive and negative yeah. priors. <laughs> I know, but it really is the only one prior. And it was the, the the negative only negative prior was double D's. I was mm-hmm. worried that other people wouldn't like it, but like, and I didn't know if Ryan Ryan Candle's not the guy I would have flipped this franchise over. To. Sure, but I didn't have any negative priors with him. It's mm-hmm. just like, oh wow, this is a big thing. This is a lot to overcome, and you got to essentially. Uh, a sophomore showrunner on something that was not nearly this scale, but like I don't know. I mean, it, it certainly wasn't the debacle of uh, the Rings of Power. No, God no. Uh, so I, yeah, I don't know. Um, oh, uh, Rings of Power. By the way, as an aside, is not on this list because biggest surprise is about positive surprises. Yeah. Biggest disappointment is yeah. where you get to something. You like want to look Rings, for it yeah. over on biggest disappointment. I, I say it's better it's 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 over hot D, but that's where it it stops for me. Okay, I can feel you good got a about good that. counter argument. No, nope. all right, sticks it in the top uh, five so far, but the next one's probably gonna push it out. 
Because this is going or... up. Talk about prior. The only thing that's not <laughs> surprising to me is I really liked Rogue One. It's my favorite of the post prequel Star Wars. Uh-huh. Post Star Wars OT, Star Wars. Yeah. Post original post trilogy. Return of the yeah. Jedi. Yeah, like I, I kind of, I kind of like the Force Awakens, but that whole trilogy ended so bad that I don't know that I could watch the first. I don't, I haven't gone back and seen it since uh, Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like if I went back, I'd think it's a big piece of shit because because like, I'd see all the potential that they just never paid off. Sure, sure. Um, with such a great cast too, just such a squandered, squandered potential. It's purely on management. Like, mm-hmm. I think Ryan Johnson could have made a good trilogy. I think J.J. Abrams could have made a good mm-hmm. trilogy. But what they couldn't do is flip the keys back and forth and have each other operating on completely different maps, emotionally, tonally, thematically. Um, yeah. E- even yeah, on, even on the page, like, just saying, I'm going to write this thing, and then you're going to have to deal with whatever the fuck I write. <laughs> you know? There's no cooperation yeah. there. There was no cohesive strategy. Um but I like I liked I liked the uh, Rogue One. I liked uh, Tony Gilroy's work on that. Uh, he was returning and getting the gang back together. You know, again, you had a great cast. Uh, Stellan Skarsgård, I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Diego Luna, I actually liked a lot. I actually don't like him on Andor as much as I liked him in Rogue One. He was kind of like the blank slate in which everything else kind of was painted upon. Mm-hmm. Um, he's easily the least interesting character in this show. Okay. Um, I could see that, but that's not bad because mm-hmm. everything else around them is pretty amazing. Yeah. So, uh, that's the only thing keeping it from total surprise is I actually like the concept of rogue one and this particular part of the star Wars universe. So you didn't, you hated rogue one, right? It didn't feel like um, quote unquote star Wars to me. Right. Um, it's it's right. one of those like Star Trek type things. I feel like this needs to be up around the Star Trek uh, threshold here because We've for so many years, priors. for longer, for longer. I mean, look, Star Wars has disappointed me from the very first release of the very first thing that came out after I was a Star Wars fan. The 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 re releases yeah, of the original trilogy, the special editions. Oh, those things disappointed me in many ways uh han yeah. shot first uh s- yeah. sorry that that's my canon uh stepping over jabba's tail in some really shitty re-rendered bullshit that never existed in the originals all that looked bad it was done for stupid reasons in my opinion my my fandom of star wars has never been higher than like 1996 and then 97 rolls around and they re-release these things, and I'm like, this is not as good as the things that I've seen on VHS or television. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and it's been all downhill from there. All downhill, with the exception yeah, of I like I I... Uh, Force Awakens as well. Who knows if I would? I've only seen it that one time. Yeah, and I don't... That's the thing. I don't know how I would feel. like Because like I said, I... In retrospect, the rot was definitely starting in the special editions, but I was still like a huge Star Wars fan. Totally. Like, as much as I hated the Han shot first, and as much as I thought that the Greta, that the Han walking on Jabba's tail looked hokey, uh-huh. 
it was so awesome to see it on the screen again oh, and for the sure abuse that they do to like empire and especially return of the jedi are so slight that like empire in the theater was a fu- even a special edition man taking out taking out the ewok celebration song replacing it with that bullshit one mm. i mean there, there are just little mm. things like that right it's it's not that my fandom was crushed then because i was on high and i yeah, I loved seeing them in the but theaters. The cracks are starting to but show. There are cracks, yeah. Like this, this might not. This might be a unique one-time thing that never can be replicated. And 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 with because I'm different, this is different. George mm-hmm. is different. It's just never going to happen. Again. And then what a steaming Andor, pile of bantha poodoo the trill the prequel trilogy was like. Yeah, and and it was and down. then the sequel trilogy. Yeah. And then Han Solo kind of like uh, like this is a billion dollar franchise and they're they're just like keep on making mistake after mistake after mistake and like their creative seems like a mess. All the television Book shows of like Boba An- Fett. God. Mandalorian if it was the one thing that's like okay this is family Star Wars um and we're going to like like that's like okay fine. Sure. Wasn't what I was expecting, but fine. Mando looks cool. Grogu's cute. Mm-hmm. The you know this the, the the some of this Mandalorian of it is inherently interesting, but Book of Boba Fett <laughs> yeah. is fucking trash. Right. And I've heard the same for like the only th- reason you'd watch uh, Obi Wan is there's like a cool fight between him and Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything else is just terrible. And like that's like I'm like well. Since Disney bought Star Wars, it's just going down the drain. That's all there is to yeah. it. Uh, Andor turned that around. Completely. Completely. I'm in for season two, no matter what Star Wars does in the meantime. Um, so, yeah, I mean, number two or number three here on this list, it's either Star Trek or Star Wars for me. They're honestly interchangeable. Um... Uh with with the pedigree, I guess, of Andor, because like you said, a lot of people like Rogue One. I was definitely in the minority not liking that. Uh, look, the guy That's can the make thing. a movie. That's where I, it keeps me from going because I feel like Star Trek had one more negative mm-hmm. prior, mm-hmm. Uh, and they're similar. They've been they've been shit for similar amounts of yeah. time in my mind. So like, I think Star Trek is slightly over Andor, yeah. but Andor, I think, is the better property if you're asking yeah. me. Yeah, but like, this is not it, about quality. It's the so. it's not about quality, but the high the, the the highs on Andor are higher. Star Trek is goofy season one, season two, maybe season three. If I'm being charitable, of Star Trek. So, yeah. uh, Top Gun Maverick. Look, man, it's not going to get up to the Star Trek Star Wars level on this list. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know that it moves up much at all. Like Top Gun's a cool movie. Yeah. Top Gun Maverick is a very good movie. It's better. I I thought that they were going to just recapture the fun of the Top Top Gun, but they actually made a they fucked up and made a really good movie. Uh-huh. Like everything that they do, like the Val Kilmer cameo, fucking works totally. Uh goose goose's son that looks just like you know like like literally looks like goose's son that shit works uh maverick still managing to be some washed up fuck up 20 years 30 years later it's like wrecking billion dollar uh experimental <laughs> planes and such that that the, the works. mission itself uh, that they go on is pretty awesome and, and i don't want to spoil it for the one or two people that haven't mm-hmm. seen it but like even some of the shit towards the end of the movie where they're like literally going back and playing homage to the original top yep. gun just works in a delightful way um i don't want to take away of the achievement of this 
fucking thing of just being so good and made so much fucking money. It's the first movie I think I can't remember the last time I saw a movie three times in a theater, mm-hmm. but I saw this twice for my own edification and once with my mm. son because he's a fighter pilot head. So and I had a great time every single time. The only place where it misses the mark is the volleyball scene. It's the only place you yeah. didn't rekindle. It didn't recapture the spirit of the original. Wasn't nearly homoerotic. Exactly. Enough. Yeah, it was too co-ed. But but yeah. you can forgive it, it some. Had the icky some girls sense. in there now. Uh, yeah. So it can't. I mean, to me, like this is just hard stuck where it's at. Like it can't even get over prey. No, not that was going to be my only it's still question Tom mark. Cruise. Yes, I I agree. He's one of yeah. He's one of the biggest, most bankable. I know he's had a little. You know, people found out he's a Scientologist. Hasn't stuff, slowed but he's him still down. One of the most reliable. Has no, not slowed him down. Not a bit. He's still running just as fast as he ever looked like he was running. And then finally, got unbearable weight of massive talent. This is another one of those like snakes on the plane type of situation. We talked with Cocaine Bear, where it's like you see the trailer and like, well, this seems like a hell of a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things where like it's the concept that carries the way. Nick Cage hasn't been anything good since. Well, I guess he's been a lot of good things last year. You know, or was a Pig last year? Uh. Yeah, let's say yes. Either last year or the year before. Um, yeah, I like he. It's been a while since he's had his uh, like he has just kind of like collapsed into a self-referential thing. Mm. This is literally a collapse into a self-referential thing. Playing himself, yeah. But it's so good. Here's the thing. It's another one I've seen this twice in the theater, and it was just so much fun, poignant, hilarious. Uh huh. Nick Cage gave a shit really put a lot of himself into it I think, I think so I, I saw the trailer for this maybe one too many times or something I don't know they kept they kept running that joke about him trying to climb over the wall and then har har they could have just walked around they beat sure. that joke into the ground I thought if this is the movie it's gonna suck and I kind of saw it despite yeah. the trailer uh, and yeah. it turns out that joke is actually way better in context than it is out of context in this trailer. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, like we're like, this is so still like, oh, my God, this looks terrible. Uh Like this, like how? And yeah, they even made the terrible trailer joke work in context. (laughs) So that was pretty surprising that I I had no hope for this thing going into it. I was just kind of this is going to be another Mandy-esque Nick Cage for Nick Cage sake kind of movie. And it surprised me. I will say if I like now I'm on to people like I I keep on gaining they they the rate of wrinkle accumulation on my brain is slowed down as I got older and experienced a more uh-huh. a stimulus but like I really think now anytime I see a bizarre scene in a trailer that like doesn't look like it could work in time I'm gonna assume they're on psychedelics okay yeah. Cause then I was, cause like if I, if someone had told me like if the content, if they provided context is like, oh, these guys are both on LSD. Uh-huh. Oh, okay, that could probably be funny and, and interesting and all that. But like, yeah, I'm just going to start assuming that <laughs> anything bizarre in a trailer is because all of the people involved are on powerful hallucinogens, and see if that keeps me from being surprised because totally. they pulled it off on this one, baby. Yeah, so it's definitely more surprising than like Top Gun Maverick, which has a history of being good. Um, I would say, would you be more surprised that a self-referential Nick Cage flick was good than them bringing back the Predator franchise single-handedly with Amber Mid-Thunder? No. 
because of the priors thing, right? Like, Predator doesn't have a great track record. But neither's Nick Cage in the last 10 hmm. years. Like, if you, because I didn't even really like Pig that much, but if you want to give him Pig. I liked Pig. Fine. I didn't like Mandy. I feel like we're opposite in that. There you go. Right. Right. That's the whole. <laughs> so I don't know. Do we do we I, I put it over prey, but then it's it's hard stuck there. Yeah, I, I, I don't care enough. This is out of the top five, so I don't care enough to argue it. OK, well, then we go. Uh, let's go back to the top and make sure we're cool with that. Everything everywhere all at once. Beating out Star Trek for number two Andor for number three the bear for number four number five peacemaker uh are we i mean again this is just big a surprise i don't need all the good shows to be up there i kind of want to get severance or hot d up there but like (laughs) i can't make the argument the 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 priors thing really crystallized things for me i don't know if in in a good way or in a bad way okay i feel like hot d is a little low because of priors because Game of Thrones. Mm. Like, boy, that, that show just shit the bed at the end. Uh, and I feel like, as a group here, Star Trek and Star Wars are still a little low. Low? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You think they should be over everything, everywhere, all at once? You're going to go priors, I, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all down to that, right? Like, there's I, no negative priors on it. That, no, that's, there's that's not. How, that's how mind-blowing, surprising, everything, everywhere, <laughs> all at once is. Like, I just came in like with a neutral regard, and it still managed to be shockingly good. And, and it, not, only, it, not only a neutral regard. I think that's underselling it. I came in knowing that these guys had made Swiss Army Man, and I'd watched mm-hmm. yeah, Daniel Radcliffe be ridden like a jet ski while he farts himself to death. Mm-hmm. I I was prepared. I should have known this would have been an incredibly surprising thing, and I was still surprised. Uh, they made sh- they single handedly made short round from Indiana Jones and the the Temple of Doom into a relevant Hollywood factor again. Yeah, and that was even surprising I, to I, I him. Had... Did you see that speech that he yes. gave when yes. he accepted the award for of it? Yeah, it was, was surprising because he thought that was it for him short round was going to be the thing and then here he is his agent is chunk from goonies i'm not even no. making this shit up really? yes yes oh, man. his hollywood agent is chunk from the goonies and he got this yeah nice yeah no i yeah i, kinda, I don't i yeah, don't know man like i'm fine it. with it being on top and if i guess if i if there's if i because like what are we doing these baldies um jerk ourselves off sure <laughs> Uh, to, to generate some content at the, at the end of slash beginning of the year, of course. Mm-hmm. But my fondest desire is for things that do well in the Baldi is for people to give a shot. And I'm looking like if I'm a person who is Star Trek, Star Wars, or whatever skeptical, uh, you know, what is the one thing that uh, if you might have dismissed as like not being my thing, what's the one thing I wish you would try? And everything everywhere all at once is the one thing I wish people would come away and would, would try. More yeah. than any other thing on this list, Severance. That's the thing. Severance is so low, but it's probably the next one. Severance or the Bear, but because all the negative priors, Star Trek and Star Wars right. is, is is shitting up the list here. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, damn. I, I don't think Hotzi's going to rise high enough 
because because i i can't put hot d over severance and i can't mm. i can't rise them as a group here and like i i i don't know yeah, you might you, you might you have do? a point on everything everywhere all at once it's it's rough though for me and and i would say if they if star trek or star wars nudges it out they both probably nudge it out and it drops to three and i don't feel great about that Mm. yeah but yeah we can we can leave it there we can leave it there i mean it was surprising as hell five we'll be right back with more bald move after this brief pause and now back with more bald move Anything, as I said, top five, I think I'm happy with everything, everywhere, all at once. Star Trek, Strange New Worlds, and or the bear, Peacemaker. Yeah. God, how did Severance Rod D not make it on this list? Because it's not about quality, that's for damn sure. Uh, Do you have time to do high risk, high reward? Uh, Yeah, let's go for it. We got to be quick, but let's do it. There's only seven things here there's only there are only seven things on this list we got uh avatar 2 strange stranger things uh uh, 4 hot d top gun maverick black panther wakanda forever glass onion and killjoy high risk high reward means two things number one that you had a beloved franchise that was well regarded and has been sitting there follow for years and for no damn good reason someone decided to readapt it or reimagine it or give a sequel that no one was clamoring mm-hmm. for risky as fuck the other is just like insane unconventional choices that paid off or flopped like i think yeah, I yeah. think uh, you can be on the wrong side of like something like, oh, you know, that was, that was a good college effort, but it just didn't work. Um, we've got Avatar. Yeah, we already w- ran down things. Let's uh, do we want to do up or down or do we want to just like since it's only seven, make our case for why these are high risk, high rewards. And yeah, sort let's of. make the case. OK, Avatar 2. Come on. This is like the epitome right. of high risk, high reward. James Cameron made. The the number one box office movie of all time about stupid blue people on a stupid uh, uh, anti-gravity mountain planet um, with just a basic type of morality play logic. And it made like $2 billion and single-handedly revitalized the 3D market. It's the only thing that's revitalized the 3D market. Mm-hmm. It's been 15 years. I don't know how long it's been. Uh nobody the joke about avatar is it's got a crazy it's got a crappy font and no one knows remembers it it's the biggest movie of all time and there are not like avatar fans avatar lunchboxes avatar like that just just it's like had zero cultural impact and they not only made another one they gave james cameron enough to make like five more (laughs) that he's feverishly now shooting in in uh and that's such a huge risk right because like nobody's asking for avatar 2 James Cameron's going to make not only that, but Avatar 2, 3, 4, 5. It, if, he, if the first one flops, 3, 4, 5 oh, are just... God. I mean, they're doomed, right? But he's making them anyway. He's already started making them, so... Yeah, and again, bet against this right. man. He is sitting on the third most, profit, most uh, money on a movie of all time. Does he own all three top slots? 
No, certainly not anymore. With Marvel stuff, can't be. Um, oh right, uh, movies ever. Let's let's see where we're at here. Uh, top lifetime box office box office mojo. Avatar is still the highest grossing movie of all time, at two point nine billion dollars. Avengers Endgame slightly underneath it at two uh, two point seven nine billion. Avatar: The Way of Water is right underneath that at two point two billion. <laughs> climbing, followed by Titanic. He has five of the top grossing movies of all time under his belt. You know, I, I, Avatar 3 is going to be on this list, too, because I don't want to see Avatar 3. Right, I'm going to, right. and I bet I have a really fucking good time. I didn't want to see Avatar 2. What if 2. the top five I movies... I went in there and had a good-ass time. Blockbuster movies, uh, gross box office movies are Avatar 1 through 5. Do you think I'm going to bet against that after the speech I just gave? I mean, it might. That would be insane. God. Because they do feel like the cinematic equivalent of eating a bag of cotton candy. Totally. Yeah. Um, But I fucking love going to the circus and getting a bag of candy or cotton candy, man. And I'm not tired of them. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching the movie. I don't think about it. I, I haven't thought for a second about Avatar 2 since I left the theater and recorded that podcast, but I'll see number three. The special three. effects are amazing. The alien design, weirdly erotic. <laughs> uh, the 3D, amazing, jaw-dropping. It's just, a be- it's just yeah. like you just are transported to a different world for two to three 100%. hours. 100%. And that's what this thing sells, and it delivers. It belongs to the uh, top. Stranger Things yeah, 4. Yeah, Stranger Things 4 uh, feels like a high-risk, high-reward every single year. Like, they wrap it up. Doesn't need to be another story told, but they're going to tell it, and they're going to nail it. Yep. I, I don't know yep. how they do uh, it every single year. And I keep on thinking they've slipped, but... and Everyone uh, does. I thought this was... That, that's the thing. Everybody says, like, eh... I'm not really way into Stranger Things anymore. And maybe you're not as into it as you were after season one. Right. But you're still coming back for it. And they're still knocking it out of the park. And Stranger Things 4, I think, was particularly good. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think it's maybe the best one they've done since the first. And I I thought... The, uh, the especially the the last bit of the season the the second part of the season just was hit after hit after hit and worked on every level yeah uh yeah yeah and again they could have stopped making these at any point and we would all have been happy so it, it doesn't have the budget that avatar 2 does so i find it harder to imagine yeah. it's a higher risk yeah um it's got a big budget, especially for Netflix, though. Mm-hmm. Like, this is like, you know, what they're doing $15 million an episode on these. I guess the risk here is that um, not enough people watch it in the short window that Netflix gives it and it gets canceled. But so yeah. far, so good. Uh, Hot D, what is the high risk, high reward angle on this one, Jim? Uh, they're spending a lot of money. You know, they're, they're dropping down $20 million. And granted, it's not rings of power. Levels of risk, uh, seven hundred and fifty million or billion dollars spent, or whatever they spent on it. Uh, but you know, it's it's twenty million an episode. That's a lot of money. Um, and I think if the, another risk here is if this one isn't good, the rest of their shows are oh. going to flop. Uh, I, nobody's it's giving the, the Jon Snow fr- show yeah. a chance. Nobody's giving an animated series a chance. 
the whole franchise is radioactive if this one flops. Right. I mean, you factor in like the George Martin of it all, him not fucking writing those books yep. still. And it's like, yeah, it becomes a joke. It becomes a, an internet meme at some point, the entirety yeah. of the franchise. But they managed yep. to pull it out. Yeah, they did. Um, and they did it largely. Again, I was excited by the cast, but these are not giant stars that are like, you know, laying, lending themselves. Like you had uh, Miguel Sapochnik, um, who is a steady Game of Thrones reliable name, but like mm-hmm. Ryan Condal, you know, what? Uh, it was so risky to kind of like run this thing back. The source material is not nearly as good as the what was uh, Game of Thrones based right, on, right. at least, you know, until they ran out of books. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty high risk, uh, but uh, obviously high reward. Um, I don't know what else to say about it. Um, let's it... move on to Top Gun Maverick. Again, okay. this is a definition of this category. This is uh, a beloved classic that has been dormant for fi- 30 years. No one was saying, you know what I wonder? I wonder what Maverick is up to right now. I wonder how Maverick has rolled with the changing punches <laughs> and the dronification and all that. Uh-huh. I wonder what he's up to. No one, no. no one ever asked about that. And not only did this, this isn't a movie that made some money. This was the highest grossing movie of like during the pandemic. Avatar was was only had two weeks to earn money in 2022. Uh-huh. This thing. Yeah, it's one of the big first movies that, that really brought people yeah. back. Yeah, this, this thing had the, the everything working against it. Um, and it succeeded despite that. And my, you, know, you had stuff like my dad never sees movies in a theater. He saw he went to see huh. Top Gun Maverick. All right, like it was an event. Like it's stuff that you're you know like it's subject matter and st- bankable. Like it's like this intergenerational where kids know who Tom Cruise is, mm-hmm. old people know who Tom Cruise is. It just all came together, God, if man. You're, if you're and a kid also, who loves like, Tom Cruise right now, you have a great catalog to explore. <laughs> Right. Oh my right. God. And also the 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 it's not even special effects. The jet mm. work that they do, the choreography that they do, had to spend. You know, I I don't know. I don't know what the hell this costs the U.S. military. Uh, in in terms of you know equipment and manpower, but oh my God, every dollar shows up. Oh yeah, and it's worth it. Yeah, I, I think you know people. <laughs> If they're trying to recruit, this is a pretty damn good recruitment ad. Yeah. Uh yeah. And um, it was just unnecessary, but they did it they did it well. So Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Why is this high risk, high reward? Uh, b- because they lost Black Panther between movies? I mean Chadwick Boseman clearly- dying was in my mind the end of Black Panther. In a yeah. lot of people's minds. And the, the the conventionally safe thing would have been to just recast him. Right. Find another charismatic, good looking guy, uh, give him the suit. You know, that's half the battle anyway. And then Black the Legend of Black Panther lives on. I thought it was an insanely risky move to uh, and again, maybe I, there's probably other people screaming. There's no other way. That totally. would have actually been extremely risky to try to replace this unique guy who was stricken down. Maybe I'm just saying that, like, if I know Hollywood boardrooms, I'm thinking there was probably mm-hmm. a lot of people just like, let's just recast. This is a superhero for Christ's sake. Uh, how many Batman's have we had? And he's still making billions, right? Let's just do this. Addressing Chad would like essentially having Black Panther die. Chad Bozeman, but uh, Chad Boswick's death. <laughs> was I think extraordinarily risky having the whole 
first third of the movie dealing with the the in-universe grief uh, that Wakanda felt about this. Um, yeah, it's super risky. Yeah, you didn't have to make another um, Black Panther, right? I think there would have been a lot of people disappointed if another Black Panther never came out, and I get it. But it wasn't. Ooh, I think Marvel almost had to. Like, you, I don't know if you can get away with fridging your only black superhero. I mean, under the circumstances, it, maybe, maybe it's not as unnecessary as an Avatar too. <laughs> That's for sure. And, and also, Falcons over there saying, "Hey, you know, like, uh, but you didn't headline your own movie, man. You didn't. You weren't a. You weren't a a, a global phenomenon. You kind of fumbled Just your the own bag series. on Falcon Winter Soldier too. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I thought like I again, I as I think more about this movie, I like it a little bit less. Like I think the first half of this movie is about perfect. I don't know. I don't I just I don't know about Namor. Yeah. I don't know about his fin feet. <laughs> I don't know about you know, pitting these two, like like having another like uh super society uh in the world. Turns out uh you know, I thought I thought yeah, no, I don't know. It just, yeah, it it turns out there's two super advanced civilizations, and they're Mesoamericans and they're Africans. Who knew? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, 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 but again, it was high risk and high rewards. Movie made a lot of money, and it single handedly re, you know, it, it's it's keeping the Black fran- uh, Panther franchise going. Yeah. I'm very curious to see what they do with the next Black Panther. Mm-hmm. It might the the um, torch might pass again who knows who knows but it's it seems like it's going to pass to either the sister or the girl and i definitely have strong feelings that it should go to black panther's girlfriend or they also have the 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 son of black that's that's what i was wondering that's the other yeah you just go back to the essentially that so they do recast him but this is in a movie dealing with chad but bozeman's uh Mm -hmm. death i don't know I think I've called Chad. <laughs> you called uh, him every Wick, possible. Like seven different. Yeah. Chad Bozeman, uh-huh. Chad Wick Bose, Bose Wick Chad person. Uh-huh. It's yeah. I'm so sorry. So sorry. You deserve better. Uh, Glass Onion. Another, yeah. you know, uh, Knives Out. Super fun. Could have been a flash in a pan. But now it's like a fucking franchise. Mm-hmm. And this is the movie that made it so. Yeah. And it wasn't necessary. It's just Brian Johnson really wanted to make another one of these. And he did it. And it worked really well. Maybe even better than the first one. Um, I like, yeah, this is controversial, it turns out. It's, uh, but it's I close. like it's real it. Close. It is, and I like, I don't know why I woke up on the wrong side of the film bed and didn't like the original Knives Out, but like, I still think it's better than Knives Out, even though I really like Knives Out. The second time you watched it, yeah. Like, yeah, like they have a full handle on the character. Mm-hmm and what he's about and it's it's good it's good and then finally we have killjoy (laughs) (laughs) this is about the and the high risk Uh high reward goes to a man a mysterious stranger by the name of doug who plunked down his commission cash on a schlocky 2000 era gangster horror clown film Mm that was it just hit the spot man it's a god awful movie god awful yeah. movie 
Uh, he commissioned it. It made for a svelte, highly entertaining 47-minute <laughs> podcast that delighted a lot of folks. Mm-hmm. And I am so glad that I was turned on to the Killjoy universe. In fact, we, we need to see some of these other Killjoys on a double dern. Oh, yeah, DJ yeah. I'm in for a Killjoy. Because I've... Yeah, like I think if we do a curated list, it seems like there's some winners and some losers. But uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun with that. Um, shall we get? Shall we? Shall we get around to ranking these things? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Avatar two, I think needs to stay where it is above Stranger Things. Uh, high, the probably more high risk, high reward than Stranger Things. I think so. Yeah, in terms of money spent, in terms of because no one didn't like Stranger Things, right? Like people actively disliked Game of Thrones. Uh-huh. Uh, Top Gun Maverick probably's got to go over Stranger Things. I think so. Yeah, nobody was asking for it at all, right? What? Should it go? Or should like? I don't think you get over Hot Avatar. No, because nobody well, was asking for, 20, for new This Avatar. is twenty twenty two though. This is twenty twenty two. What do you mean? Yeah, like Avatar made all of its money in twenty twenty three. Oh, we're not going to hold that against it. It was destined. It was foretold by the end of 2022. Hmm. Because I said Maverick's been on the shelf longer. I was almost funnier that Avatar had, even though it made two, almost $3 billion, it has no cultural cachet at all. Oh, yeah. I mean, even like... I could see it. I could squint and see like, okay, I, I could do with another Top Gun. Nobody wanted Avatar 2. Nobody gave a shit except yeah, James Cameron himself. He's the only guy who cared. So we put Maverick over Hot D, but under Avatar 2? Or are you arguing for under Hot D? Ooh. May- yeah, maybe it belongs under Hot D. All right. I think so. Just because the, you know, again, wait, like, I, I said under and you put only... it over. Wait. Oh, I, oh, okay. I thought you, and were then you agreed with me. With me. I was over. like, what, what? I'm confused. Oh, I thought, I thought you were agreeing with me. Gotcha. So you don't what? So why is hot D high risk, high reward? Because it could have killed the franchise. I, like, but, but yeah. the franchise was already dead. I, I guess I could see that argument. Like if it's already bad, well, but you could make the same no thing risk. with Maverick. Like like Top Gun's a dead franchise. Like the original director good, dead, but it was good. Uh, so it was it like was, it, it was good. You can only tarnish the reputation of the original by releasing a sequel that's bad. With Hot D, if it was yeah. bad, it's just more bad Game of Thrones, right? Yeah, so you, but it does kill the franchise. So you could be right, and probably, probably, honestly, probably strikes a blow. I feel like people are looking for reasons to like you know to turn on fantasy. Hmm. Uh, I'm really curious to see if like the Dungeons and Dragons survives. If that makes a lot of money, then I think fantasy is secured. If that thing flops, like I think it's going to. Oof, yeah, oof, the next few years get, for fantasy are going to be rough with with new Lord like of the Rings sci- movies. It's a time maybe. of sci-fi ascendant. I but I think the Hobbit and, and Rings of Power are one of the things that have, have, have uh-huh. uh, put it into the ground. Um, but like we're in an age of science fiction right now, baby. Yeah. I'm all about it. Put away your swords and sandals and get out your lightsabers. It's it's going to be your science fiction mag time, boots. I think. Fuck yeah. Lock your mag boots. Uh, what do you think about Stranger Things? Oh, we already did that. Yeah. Uh, can Black Panther... 
I think it's bet. I think it's, it's real risky. It's bet. It's more riskier than Stranger Things mm-hmm. four, especially since Stranger Things four was. Be- it it, ha- it would have been a scandal if they hadn't done Stranger Things four after the ending they chose to give to Stranger Things. Because this is the first time I've ever felt that like you needed another season of Stranger Things. Okay, yeah, I, I think you're right. You, if you killed Hopper and that was it, but like flashing, mm-hmm. like like doing the the flat, you know, showing that he's still alive, like that's definitely you want to see the finish of that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I forgot about that. Here's the thing about Black Panther: it means so much to so many people that the risk yeah. is kind of off the fucking charts. Like if you make a yeah. second Black Panther movie that in any way diminishes the first, people are going to be so mad. Mm-hmm. I, I think it belongs a lot higher on this list. Hmm. Where does it go? For like, me, it either belongs at, <laughs> hear me out, number one or number two. Do they kill the frame? Like, even if this sucked... They offend. They offend. It, it's more than just like, well, I guess, you know, some people are going to lose some money on Avatar 3, 4, and 5. It, it, it's personal for so many people. Nothing is personal about Avatar. Nothing. It's tr- this is true. I, I don't know. Like, I, 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 is, is there a, a referendum going on in Black Panther Wakanda forever because I feel like I've seen in social media like and, and I'm talking about amongst like the black community uh-huh. that people are reevaluating the film and it's like alright everyone loves the first 30 minutes everyone loves the fact that they played that homage to Chad sure. Chadwick um, but like even people are like, starting to notice like okay everyone came to Tony Stark's funeral literally everyone in the Marvel <laughs> Cinematic Universe uh huh who came to Black Panther's funeral in Wakanda? Yeah, his family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No Avengers. Mm-hmm. Not not even the Winter Soldier. They gave him a new bionic vibranium arm, sheltered him, healed him. Mm-hmm. Could he go back? Could he go back to play, pay homage to the king? Now maybe they had a big public funeral, and this was uh, this was Wakanda only. I don't know. I don't sure. know. But like even stuff like that's like. Yeah, we just saw a big hero die in the Marvel universe and what that looked like and who all showed up. Yeah. And the moment it was and like, you know, like what what the fuck? What well, Black Panther, you know, he's the first through the portal after he got unsnapped and he doesn't get nothing. Nobody shows up. Yeah, there's so many fucking lines to uh, walk in this movie. Um, and people weren't thrilled with like, you know, again, you have these two super societies that are from, mar- you know, from historically marginalized groups. And as soon as they discover each fight. other, they go to war yeah. like that's like people like I, So, like, I don't know, I, even it's though they're like, broadly on the same side. Right. It's like, yeah, right. Yeah, it's fucked up. But that's also like a Marvel thing. Like the Avengers, first thing they show up in the first the, their first movie, and they fight. Like that's like that's yeah, yeah. that's how comic books work. You get the two uh, allies, and they you know they hate each other, and they fight, and then they learn converse. So like, but it also is kind of maybe not a good look. I don't know. I don't know. I find it like that's putting it over Hot D and Avatar. I can see over Top Gun. Okay. Even though, like, I just think you mentioned, like, maybe they should just retire. There's no way they don't do more Black Panthers. I mm-hmm. think that would have been mm-hmm. genuinely outrageous. But 
Yeah, if you, I'll go three. I'll go as high as three. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll have to we'll have to fight more if you want to over that. Now nah, we'll compromise there. Um, and then we got Top Gun, Stranger Things, mm-hmm. Glass Onion is. Nah. I'll say this: the thing, uh, the 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 simultaneous digital release of Glass Onion, I feel like was a vote of lack of confidence from the studio. It, I feel like yeah. that hurts it a little bit in the eyes of the Baldy voters. But it was Netflix. What were they ever going to do? Right? Uh, they were going to do a small release in the theaters for awards, and then get it onto their streaming service for the millions to watch. Yeah. To, to me, Glass Onion, yeah, it didn't need to be made, but it's not a high risk. I, I don't think, because of its anth- anthological, is that a word, nature, um, because mm. it's not mm. continuing a story, uh, there is there is no stakes here for the first movie. It doesn't ruin it. You can still go back and watch Knives Out and love it, even if Glass Onion sucks. Um, I will say this has this movie has cemented it as a franchise, which I really love and I'm happy to see because I think we're going to get more of it. The, I would be disappointed if this movie sucked and we never got any more knives out stories, but that's only because this one was good. I don't think I would have been that disappointed if it was bad. I'd have been just like, okay, well, you know, they couldn't lightning couldn't strike twice here. I will say now that there've been two good ones that like, I kind of want one every year and I will be heartbroken if they ever make a bad one. Exactly. Yeah. So the next one's going to be pretty high risk, high reward. I feel like this one wasn't mm-hmm. though. Cause you, it's a standalone thing. It's yeah, it's not that high risk. It wouldn't have broke anybody's reputation no. if it had flopped. Although uh, I will say I this mean, like said, with Ryan Johnson making a yeah. very hated star Wars movie. If this movie comes out and it sucks, I think it does something to his reputation. Interesting. Cause like that movie made a shit ton of money and it's, I would call it divisive. There are yeah. people that think that is the star only worthy star, star Wars sequel. And there are just as many people who um, hate it as fervently. <laughs> there's just as many people hate it, but the people that love it are very passionate about sure, it. Sure. Um, and like I said, Ryan, like he, at least he didn't make a boring star Wars. Sure, um, sure. Like I think the last, the like rise of Skywalker is is really god awful it's really bad i need to see him again as a trilogy to to feel anything for them yeah i've no i've i've only seen rise of skywalker i've seen i've seen all the others multiple times i only saw rise of skywalker once i saw them once each um but i remember it being bad uh okay and then killjoy are we are we done here yeah i I mean we kind of like i think so killjoy yeah it's a it's a big risk as a commission but Look, we're talking about five hundred dollars versus several billion dollars. Five hundred billion in, in some <laughs> right. of the mistakes that were made last year. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, the risk is not that high. You think you wasted money on commission? Add six zeros to that number. <laughs> See how you feel. God, there's a there's like six people on the planet that knows exactly what that feels like because they know what they got oh, yeah. in Rings of Power and they know what they spent on Rings of Power and they can spin it however they want in terms of internal viewer metrics. But mm-hmm. you you're not going to get five hundred billion million dollars return. On no, that. no. I mean, I guess you have the license. You could still do more, but good luck with your reputation yeah. as is. Yeah. Okay, I think we're done with uh, this round of deliberations. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, high risk, high risk reward. Number one, Avatar two. Number two, Hot D. Number three, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Number four, Top Gun Maverick. Number five, Stranger Things four. Those are our biggest high risk, high rewards of 2022.